0: Welcome to Anyone Can Play Guitar, a podcast where we try to learn every Radiohead song on guitar in order. I'm Nick Kendelsberger. And I'm Austin Diaz.
1: Last three songs of the album. Whew. We took a couple weeks in between. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. This is
0: one of those albums where like, I'm happy just kind of hanging out here.
1: Yeah and I could I mean I could work on playing at least two of these three songs for another month. I'm I'm a bit sad that we're already at the last three songs. I mean we have the B-sides after this. We do have the second disc of In Rainbows after
0: this. But yeah. so yeah, no I feel almost a little sadness. I'm like this is the end of In Rainbows and I've, I've enjoyed my time at this yeah, little island for so, so long. So much
1: better this season. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's none of, like, I want to get this done. It's like my child going off. I don't want to
1: like, say goodbye already. I mean, in the, I mean, there's still dread that I have leading up to recording these episodes. It's just a different kind. Like, with Hail to the Thief, I, I had dread of, what am I going to talk about? Okay. <laughs> or, and this one is... Uh, uh, I'm not going to do justice to talking about these songs. There's people that have hour-long YouTube videos just about these songs. Like, any of these three. I don't have that kind of time. I didn't <laughs>
0: <laughs> We gotta get to business then, right? Okay. Well let's not waste any time. Let's get right to the first song of this week it is House of Cards.
1: Reaction when this song started the first time you listened to this album? I
0: mean, it's so unexpected, but I've said that about every song. But this is like a straight up seduction sounding song, like not even playing around a little bit. Right. It's not a joke. No, it's not a joke. It's like, I'm, they're like, well, we're just doing this now. You know, the first line is, I don't want to be your
1: friend. I just want to be your lover. Right. Which is something like Prince would say. And not Tom York. No. I remember that those first lines, I mean, the guitar part already, which is, we'll get into the mix, which I have questions about, but the guitar part, I'm like, what is this? It was, did the album click over? Like, it, it, did, did my CD change her? <laughs> no. There's definitely some dark elements to the song.
0: So it's not like a, a sexy song when you break it down though there are some seduction elements to it.
1: Well, like it's sexy until you start singing it yourself and you're like, oh, wow, uh, this is dark. No, it seems to be sort of
0: commenting on throw your keys in the bowl. I guess that's like wife swapping or something
1: there. There's that book, The Ice Storm, that was also made into a movie where this is a big scene by Rick Moody. Did you ever read any books by him? No, I don't think I have. I mean he was kind of a he was kind of a big like writer's writer in the nineties, early two thousands, I think. Anyways, in this book, all of the husbands put the keys in their bowl. Mm-hmm. There different wives like closing their eyes go and pick up a set of keys and whose keys they pick up, that's who they're going home with. So it's wife swapping, but it's very complicated. You know, it's very complicated. Yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> For a band that is known as just commenting on the dystopian future. And I guess it's sort of related. It's still
1: depressing. I mean, it's still, it's like it's dystopian in that we're in the dystopia. It's not. (laughs) There's the, yeah, forget about your house of cards and I'll do mine.
0: Fall off the table and get swept under denial, 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 denial. (laughs) I love this song. And I love the chords. I love playing it. And I love the sound of it. I think this is the most sonically impressive song on the whole album. The reverb and stuff is just outrageous. There's like so much room in the song. The Nigel Godrich's production on this is his best work on the album.
1: Wow. Okay, funny. Cause- What are you gonna do? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you gonna do? I, I adore playing this song but I was not looking forward to playing it because I don't really like it.
0: Oh, huh.
1: I mean, I, as much as I don't like any of the songs, I mean, I like all of the songs on this album, but I mean, this is the one I was thinking like, ah, yeah, this is, okay, let's just get through this. And I was really surprised at how complicated and complex and beautiful sounding the guitar part was. I don't like the mix at all. I tried it on different headphones and with speakers and different speakers and like wireless, wired. And I don't, I don't like how fuzzy the bassist on the guitar but that might be my own personal issue that like i when i first started playing guitar i had this tube amp that was i couldn't figure it out and like the bass uh knob was broken and so it was really just turned up a tin all the time what i played didn't sound like what i wanted because i it just was like all the time so this song like okay. brings me back to that so you're gonna have to walk me through why you find the production because i listened to this song i was like what is going on here this is where I would be okay. like, what? Nigel needs to get out of the way of the song. Because like, when I play it on the guitar, I'm like, ah, you don't hear almost the changing bass notes on the different F chords on the recording, unless you're listening really closely. But then when you play them on the guitar, there they are. Okay, well, let's start. I'm going to start at the beginning then. Let's start with actually <laughs> the... I have a full
0: argument to make. Yeah. So you're just going to have to sit tight. I was genuinely shocked at how... Oh, much fun this is to play on guitar. Mm-hmm. It is a really amazing guitar part that changes so much more than you think it does. Very subtly. So you're you have the capo on the 3rd fret um and you drop D it. So you drop D it and then capo. So it's um, really like drop F. <laughs> You just get into this groove. It moves around in a way that you're not expecting. Yeah. But it's when it gets to this...
1: that chord and he starts singing. But then, I don't like when it goes to the B-flat. I don't like this change. Oh, the "I just want to be your
0: lover" part. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, oh, it's so good. I just want to be your lover, and then like that's what that's what the chorus is, like the fall of the. Okay, it's from the first to the fourth, or a flatted fourth, change. I guess I just don't like that change. I don't know. I, I was trying to find other songs that did it. You know, the only thing I could come up with, but like with Hallelujah from Cohen is, you know, he has like the fourth, the fifth, but like the okay. fourth, it's just like the, the, it's often the chord that you just sort of, it's like a passing chord. Right. It's a passing oh, chord, right. To get to the fifth or to go back down to the third and that they linger there. I mean, like it's a cool idea. I just realized it's, it's a jazzy idea and the jazzy yeah. stuff that I don't like that much, <laughs> even though I've learned to uh, appreciate jazz yeah. more and, and yeah. uh, with this podcast. But, yeah, between not liking that change and like not liking the mixing, I don't know if it's the low point of the album for me, but like it's not my favorite. So it's really interesting for me that it's one of your favorites. We'll see what we'll see what the last episode says.
0: I love 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 the production. It means the world to me the way they were able to translate this pretty like straightforward guitar song. It seems to exist Somewhere outside of a normal space. They've created something that's not real and it's so gorgeous and they have to play so exactly or it would become super muddy and confusing. It seems to transcend the in rainbows sort of aesthetic and it really points to the sound that they kind of mastered on their last album, uh, Moonshaped Pool where every song seems to exist in this expansive space. This song is able to transport me to someplace completely unexpected. And then Tom's voice is stunning when he gets into the falsetto at the end. He is singing so high, I can't even mock pretend to sing like that. I understand that the song is pretty repetitive, so it's not the best song on the album, but as a an experience, I just am enthralled by it.
1: It yeah, I I have no uh, issue with it being repetitive. I love how repetitive it is actually, and that it just sort of takes its time, especially with the beginning. Yeah. Oh, I have to. I'm going to have to listen to it again with the production with your notes on it because I just I just found myself annoyed. It's not like
0: they recorded the song and then. We're like, oh, let's just keep turning up the reverb. The, I think it's the James Donahue Radiohead book it says the all enveloping vocal reverb is actually room ambience from the Hoswell house, captured on computer by Nigel Godrich. It exists in a space like it takes up room. And that's what I love and what I miss a little bit on in Rainbow is that, okay, computer felt like you were in this room. It was so strange. That you didn't it wasn't a studio. It felt like you were walking around like a, a medieval castle, like part like th- of it was like recorded, they were. <laughs> like they were in part of it. And so this reminds me of that. And so any criticism I've had of like the production of In Rainbows is that it's a little too dry. It's a little too like removed. Yeah, this is um, like this so, is
1: like the absolute platonic ideal of like what this guitar sounds like with the amp and nothing in between. Right. Right. Like, there's no mediation.
0: I just will always love this song, probably out of proportion to how good of a song it is, because of the production and style.
1: Yeah. I mean, okay, I hear you. I think maybe for me, then, it's just, when I think about it differently, it's just jarring, right? Like, if you're listening to the whole album, and then you get to this production, it really sticks out. Yeah, and I just I realized when I sat down and played on the guitar, I was like, ah, I wish they had produced this differently. I wish I could hear this clearer. Because you play those chords, which are not the ones that are in the chord book. I don't know how you did it.
0: I did it differently. I looked up the ultimate guitar. I spent very little time with the chord book for this album.
1: It's useless. Uh, because... I'm sorry. It's like...
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's just not even there anymore. Things are recorded so cleanly for most of the album, except for this, that you can hear when things aren't sounding mm-hmm. exactly like they do on the album. Ultimate Guitar has official versions of like tabbed professionally from their staff, and so I've just been following
1: that. Uh-huh. I've been that's funny. I've been because I don't have the I don't have the subscription to Ultimate Guitar. I just like do the video tutorials on YouTube which is like for this, yeah. this album is, you can just tell that this album reached the generation after us. Cause okay. there's so many guitar tutorials of guys that are younger than me <laughs> in like, and there's different versions, right? Like they're all working with, they're playing by ear. They've, they've got it somewhere and there's like different tabs and different tunings as we'll see with the next song. But like, if you yeah. kind of combine them, then you get to a version where you just sort of like it. And maybe it's not the version that Johnny or Tom or them are playing. But it like, sounds really great, and it's absolutely not what is in the chord book. Well, I do feel like this is pushing
0: as far as they're going to go in this direction. Yeah. These are pretty complicated parts. All of them are so distinctively done for this album, but it just must have taken so much time. I recorded this already, and I spent like an hour... Playing a like thirty second clip of it and keep I kept deleting it and starting again yeah. and doing it because I wanted it to sound like it should mm-hmm. and that it was that hard to get it right.
1: I re- like on one of the tutorials the guy even had like the down and up strokes. I mean because it's not nat- it's not natural even with your ear. I mean I always thought I was pretty good at like hearing rhythm at least, but with this one especially at the the B flat. I was like, I had to like really pause the video and look, oh wait, okay, no, wait. It's down, up, down, up, up, down. Like, (laughs) there's just something so deliberate about every element of this song. I I do get your point that
0: if you can't hear that quite as easily with the -the over-the-top production style, I get lost in the song, which is what I want. You know, the ultimate goal uh, that I'm looking for is to completely escape. It doesn't really matter how that happens as long as it as long as it does happen. And this song does it for me, but I understand wanting to hear the guitar a little cleaner.
1: I understand they're getting lost too. I mean there's also sort of this crescendo of the background noise of this song. But there's even kind of like horns. Well, okay, did you know that there was
0: at 250 they closely mic'd a dog barking? It it doesn't sound anything like a dog. <laughs> but it, that sort of aggressive sound at 250 that like echoes in it is yeah. actually them close miking
1: like a dog barking. Oh, I thought it was horns. I thought they'd like sampled some jazz or something thing and they were just like muffling the crap out of it. Because it's yeah, there's just like swell that sort of drowns the song, right? Even as like Tom is going higher and higher. Which I also appreciate like there's many things about the song that I appreciate on a analytical level. That I just don't enjoy it as much as the other songs. I enjoy it infinitely more having learned it on the guitar. It's one of those it's one of the songs which we should do also an episode or some rundown of like the songs that we just love more because we l- learn to play them. I appreciate that, you know, like this denial, and we've, we've fallen under the table and we're getting swept under. and like you hear that audioly as the song mm-hmm. ends, and Tom is fighting against it, but not really that he's going really high. You know, it's very poetic. All right. I think we need to move on. Okay. So we're moving on to the next song, which is Jigsaw
0: falling into place.
1: Nick, holy crap. I have to curse. Like this this song is like fucking amazing. I just <laughs> What? I mean like I like I loved this song before. And it's really okay. hard. But I mean, and this is this is one of the ones where I've watched ten to twelve different tutorials and like combined the different parts and man this song is amazing.
0: It's so fast. It's yeah. really, really, really fast. And so even when I feel like I got it down. Then I'll like play along with the record and just I'm not it's, even then you're, yeah, yeah. close. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this one. I think you don't know where to start with this song because I've no I have no idea where they started. Right, what came first? What was the first? Day? Yeah, i and I have no idea. I mean, like maybe
0: was it the picked part at the beginning, or was it the the verse part, or
1: was it dance 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 the end, like? Dun, 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 dun. You know, I don't know, <laughs> which is super fun to play on the guitar too. Yeah, yeah. by the way, all of it, um, all of it, every single part of this song is super fun to play. It's super like you have to. I don't. I mean, I I worked on that like uh, this this part. Like, I mean, that's
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that great took too, forever. Yeah. <laughs> I kept thinking about this song and I'm like, this is what they tried to do on Hail to the Thief and they finally got it. So, this is what Go to Sleep should have been. And then, but I'm like, no, actually, it's not. It's so much better than that. (laughs) Then I was like, oh my God, this is what A Wolf at the Door, like Tom's performance, where he's just like rolling it out, like the words are just going. And I'm like, this is a better version of that song. And then on the, then I thought again, I'm like, oh, this is what they were trying to do with Where I End and You Begin, where they are just like chasing down like a a bass riff. Yeah. But no. this is better than that song. You can see what was laid in Hail to the Thief, where they were just like obsessed with these little ideas, but then it's like they put them all into one song to make it work. So you have that sort of like bluesy acoustic guitar riff from Go to Sleep but you have the drums from Where I End and You Begin, and then you have Tom singing like a wolf at the door.
1: Okay, I have to think about that comparison to Wolf at the Door. There's
0: so many words in this song, it just keeps going.
1: I love the part like, words are blunt instruments, right? What's our blunt instruments.
0: <laughs> so apparently Tom had said that the lyrics are quite caustic, he told the NME. The idea of before you're comatose or whatever, drinking yourself into oblivion and getting fucked up to forget. There's partly this elation, but there's a much darker side.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you you can almost, I don't know if this movie, if this song has soundtracked a movie, but I mean, you can see the scene that it would soundtrack, right? Like it's, person's having fun and you have like that dance 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 and it's like you know like that's when the the camera would start spitting around at everyone like he's he's vomiting or falling down or somebody you know it would fit perfect i love i'm just gonna say things i love about this song i love when it goes ooh. ooh, ooh." (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) this actually okay i'm gonna keep comparing it to things knives out they had said was kind of a Smiths inspired song, but this one actually has a lot of Smiths influence as well mm-hmm. with the picked guitars and the really, the drum beat's amazing. It just seems to hop. I don't know how to quite explain it. Like obviously he's, he's writing the, the symbol, but it's such a, almost a dancy beat.
1: Is it, it's almost a bit new wave ish.
0: Totally. That's what I'm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Even how Tom sings, where it's like he's almost a bit atonal at parts, like not mm-hmm. really caring. Like you're getting into like uh, what is th- not the Pesh mode, Devo. Oh, Devo. Okay. You know how he sings, right? Like okay. he doesn't. He has no. Does not care about melody at all. They have the patience t- for him to kind of sing in
0: the lower register at first, mm-hmm. and then so then when he does go high, there's so much drama to the song. It is a little weird that this was the first single.
1: Oh, I really I had no idea.:
0: It's not a catchy song, is it? It's
1: a what do you mean? It's a catchy song? I mean like that. <laughs> I mean, that just that opening riff, I mean, like it's you know, if you're talking about a song where I'm not going to change the radio dial right at first, I mean, that opening riff, like you're gonna okay, you're gonna wonder where this is going, and then this song does not disappoint at all.
0: It is a song where, like, e- it gets more exciting and more exciting every like thirty seconds. Like, yeah, it's like a it is. It's that.
1: let down in that way, except it's not let down at all. Right, right. It's not <laughs> let down at all. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the song I was dreading talking about because I just have no footing. Right to uh, to analyze it. Right, it's just. Does any part of you wish that it was played on electric and not acoustic? Not at all. It doesn't sound right on the electric it's a bit too no, tinny. Doesn't.
0: I do think it's one of those songs that like people who aren't Radiohead fans, I don't think they would have any connection to this at all.
1: No, 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 no. This is a this is a Radiohead fan song.
0: But like with Weird Fishes you can listen to that and just be sort of taken away by the beauty maybe, and this is not an angry song, but I do wonder like if you haven't been trained <laughs> through Radiohead, like, would this make any sense at all?
1: No. I mean, it was sort of, it's sort of what you said where there's all of these threads from other songs, especially from not as good songs than Hell to the Thief, whereas I think even unconsciously when the when song comes on and, you know, it gets better every 30 seconds, you're like, oh, okay, they did it, they figured it out. <laughs> right, you because know, you have all of those I wouldn't say failed attempts, but not great attempt, not as great attempts, well, hail to the thief, not great attempts in the background, right? and like like if you listen to a lot of Radiohead music, I think you unconsciously know what directions they have and what different kind of songs they can do. The thrill of being a radiohead fan is they always come out with new types of songs that they do, but then they circle back to types of songs that they've done before, and then they. There's songs like this where it's like, yeah, okay, they nailed it now. Yeah. You know, like, that's that's the same with Paranoid Android, like, you know, albums that go, where it's like, that song comes out and you're like, oh, okay. Unconsciously, like, when we broke down that song, I realized, ah, uh-huh, you've heard all of this before. You just didn't realize it consciously. Like, unconsciously, you're like, this that song is a great song for Radiohead fans because they nailed it. And this is, I think, it's the same thing. I think that's
0: exactly right. I think that this is a logical into all these threads that they were carrying along that were sometimes really frustrating. <laughs> Cause we couldn't figure out what they were trying to do with them before as
1: clearly as it is here. Yeah. This is not a song that you can give somebody. Right? You don't put it on a mixtape playlist unless the person is a big radiohead fan. If they're not a big radiohead mm-hmm. fan, you're like, you put on weird fishes. Right, because they're gonna they're gonna be like, oh, this is great, or maybe even um, nude. Maybe mm-hmm. this not. Maybe, yeah. This not at all. Like if they haven't heard "Knives Out," "Wolf at the Door," they haven't heard "Where I End and You Begin," and "Go to Sleep." Yeah, they don't know that the jigsaw is falling into place. You know, like I think I, I think <laughs> you know because I was I, I was thinking about like most of the lyrics are about um, things not working out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the jigsaw falling into place. I wonder if, you know, it's almost as like he's talking about the music and the instrumentation, not not like whatever story's happening in the lyrics. Every single part of this song is locked in from the start. I, I do love this song. I really do. I don't know where where it comes
0: up on, like, my favorites of the album, though.
1: It's one of those just, like, I'm always happy when it, like, when I listen to the album, I'm always happy when it comes on because you almost forget it.
0: That's true. I never put it in like my top 10 or 20 Radiohead songs
1: but uh, it might be close now okay now it might be close with all this yeah
0: alright well let's move on then to the last song on the album Videotape this is one for the good days and I'll have it all sinner when i spin away out of control on videotape on videotape on videotape,
1: on oh <sighs> okay who knows nick what are we gonna <laughs> i don't know
0: what are we gonna say about this song
1: i mean i don't have a piano so i just had to play it on the guitar sort of it's deceptively complex. It sounds so simple,
0: but it's it's basically like a repeating line with your right hand and then the the left hand changes as it goes along. You know, he's trying to put different bass notes on top of this sort of repeating melody line. But the melody line is so bizarre to begin with and how it repeats. It's one of his best piano songs. Yeah, for sure. It made me really appreciate the song more to learn it on piano. Because I think when you when you hear just the piano on the thing, you're thinking it's playing the same thing the whole time, and it's not.
1: I've learned it on the guitar, and then I kind of followed along, just like looking at the chord changes and realizing that like there's a lot of things changing.
0: Um, so I sent you the, a video of...
1: The syncopation.
0: Vox interviewed this musician called Warren Lane he watched this live version of Radiohead trying to perform this song and Tom kept screwing it up. And as I said, like the part's not that difficult to play. He was so confused of why Tom would screw up what sounds like a straightforward, like just playing quarter notes. And then he realized that the piano chords are not resting upon the, you know, one, two, three, four. They're, they're resting in the middle one and two. And so it's, it's landing on the and, But you don't hear that until the middle of the song when some of the electronic components come in. And it totally unhinges the song. And it cracks it open in a way that you just would never expect it to work. It's just another example of in Rainbows where they're confident enough to pull these sort of of sleight-of-hand tricks where it's not a super showy musical thing. It's not like we're trying to cram 80 notes in, you know, how many seconds can we change chords or something. We're going to just set little things off. And that is what kind of makes Radiohead so amazing is that they're able to find unexpected musical avenues while presenting some familiarity along the way. My favorite Radiohead songs, the ones that just do a little bit that's what videotape does so exceptionally well. Is it you think that it's just this straight four-four time signature with a quarter note <laughs> piano
1: line? When in actuality, it starting in the and before the downbeat, right? Which is, I mean, you have that in. I remember when I learned when I did learn piano. There was plenty of pieces I learned where, like, there was you know a run of eighth notes or two eighth notes or something before the actual downbeat, you know, it's like, da, 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 boom. you know, but then it locks in. Right. A lot of those classical pieces, like they, they start out uh, before the actual first measure, then it locks in. And this song never locks in. Right. Or it's also, it's mm. like, it's the opposite of body snatchers where yeah. like you realize that that's also not the downbeat. <laughs> how that starts, but, like, once the drums come in and the bass comes in and then it sort of shifts and, like, all the gears sort of, like, shift into place and start turning together, whereas this, like, it never turns together. Yeah, I mean, it's mesmerizing. I mean, it's not even, uh, like, it's not even, like, with Letdown where you have the the tinkly part is, like, a different measure and it matches up every once... But it, even there, it matches up every once in a while, right? Like, yeah. it's odd, but it still matches. Whereas this was, like... I mean, the video was... um Helpful. I mean, I sort of knew that was what was going on. I didn't have the language to put it into those words before I watched the video. I didn't know that that was what syncopation was. (laughs) Like, yeah, I know, you know, like, you know what, like once it's explained to you, it's like, oh yeah, I know what syncopation is now. (laughs) The song was always so off kilter for having what sounds like four notes over and over again.
0: Had you heard this song before the album came out?
1: No, I hadn't heard none of the songs.
0: Okay, so you didn't hear any of the live versions of this song?
1: I didn't, no. I've been, like, not burned, not disappointed, but it's like part of me had wished that I had been able to go into Kid A completely cold and not expecting okay. anything, I remember, because I'd like, I, I just scoured the internet.
0: This song is pretty famous as the one that they had been playing before the release of the album that people were genuinely excited about. I think they played it at Bonnaroo before. It's sort of the same song, but it ends very differently in that it's a much more aggressive song. Johnny comes in with his electric guitar about halfway through and really goes to town
1: on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've I've gone back and listened to the live versions.
0: Yeah. People were like, "Oh man, this is going to be this epic." that's going to get just crazy exciting and dramatic at the end. And then this version is released and apparently somewhere through the recording, they decided to strip everything away. And the quote from Tom is he had been just piling all of this stuff on this song. And they basically told him he had to go away, (laughs) that he was a negative influence on this song. And so Nigel and Johnny then, worked on it while Tom went for a walk, and when he came back, Tom said, they'd stripped all the nonsense away that I'd been piling onto it, and what was left was this quite pure sentiment. For some reason, I hadn't heard the live version of Videotape, and I went back and listened to it, and I really prefer the album version.
1: <laughs> yeah, to me too. Live I mean, version. like, okay, not, it's not a question. I mean, the album okay, version yeah. is so much better.
0: I get why people would be interested in the live version cuz it does it does get very dramatic at the end. Though it does do the thing I I dislike where it just sort of just gets louder and louder until yeah like it just sort of goes crazy, but they pull back so much of the rhythm track that it's like parts of a machine fell apart as it was going along. It feels like it's trying to take off and it can't, and that's so bizarre. Within rainbows, they really went for it, and they really put everything they could, and, and it would have made sense. You know, you could have added strings to this song. You could have done anything you wanted to, and for them to have the courage to create such a minimal, like a minimalist piece, almost mm-hmm. to keep it to like just piano and Tom's voice, and then just very strange drum parts, like you know, electric drum parts. It really fits the song. To have that kind of like, I don't even know what you would call it. Like that, you know, like the. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's so strange. And, you know, because it's coming on the actual one, but in your head, that's not, that's the and that's the syncopated part. And then, so it's, it's tripping up these very steady piano chords. And then, you know, especially when it's tied to the lyrics, it's just astounding.
1: Yeah. I mean, the lyrics are heartbreaking.
0: Apparently, I guess Citizen Insane says this was inspired by Afterlife, a Japanese film from 1998, written and directed by Hirokazu Koreeda. I'm mispronouncing that. Um, did you read about this? Have you seen this film?
1: I haven't seen it. No. Okay.
0: But apparently it's about like a 20 people or something. They interview either after they die or right before they die, but they interview them on videotape, like on an old camcorder, and they ask them to to describe the happiest moment of their life. That's what they'll replay when they get to the afterlife. And so all of these lyrics make so much more sense when you think of that, but they're genuinely really sad.
1: Yeah. (laughs) This is the way... My way of saying goodbye because I can't do it face-to-face.
0: You know, you are my sinner when I spin away. And when I spin away is it almost exactly when the drum machines start coming in yeah. off-kilter. I didn't know until we started looking into this about Mephist- uh, Mephistophelesis?
1: Mephistophelesis?
0: Mephistopheles? Mephistopheles.
1: Mephist- I mean, I I always thought it was like Mephistopheles, but now it's like Mephistopheles. Mephistopheles? (laughs) Mephistopheles. I
0: I thought he was saying something totally different in that line until I looked it up for this project. But then this happens another, this is a part of the Faust thing again, right?
1: So that, yeah.
0: So it has to be related on Faust-Arp. You know, they did that on purpose. Yeah. But that's apparently sort of the German sort of devil just beneath me and he's reaching up to grab me takes on a whole other
1: meaning when you uh, when you know that. That part is what I was kind of talking about on this album. There are just these off-duty details. It's not leading to somewhere in the song. I mean, it, it sort of takes over, but it, then it also just kind of fades out. An on-duty version of this would be like at the end of Karma Police, right? Where like that distortion or whatever feedback like takes over. Like then that's an on-duty sort of detail because like that's the input of the song. This is an off-duty detail in that it pops up and flutters around and then goes away. Creates this world where you don't know where they are. It doesn't really take the song anywhere. (laughs) It's just amazing.
0: I guess what's so sad about the lyrics is how... It's about dying, Mm -hmm. I think we can say. (laughs) But there's no comfort in this song, even though, you know, no matter what happens now, you shouldn't be afraid, because I know today has been the most
1: perfect day I've ever seen. You know, it feels just devastating. It is devastating, but it's also like it's this, I mean, do you know about the Nietzschean idea of eternal return? No. No. I'm not going to do it justice. I I mean, I've read it about it and read it a couple times, but it's sort of like this idea that you can always return to certain moments. Like ex- every moment is eternal. Like you just are going to be repeating your life over and over again in the exact same way, like the exact same life. When you think about life that way, like there's going to be times where you're like, yes, of course, I want to return to this moment in my life every time over and over and over again. And then there's times... In your life, we're like, okay, no, please never let me come back to this. And, like, the videotape idea is, like, to... No, just, like, let's try and take control of this. Like, this... I'm just going to videotape me at the end, and this is the perfect day that I'm going to come back to over and over again. That's almost a comfort, but then what's devastating is that, yeah, you can't control that, know what the afterlife is going to be, but... (laughs) Neither does anybody, I guess. If I... No. <laughs> this is on
0: the level of motion picture soundtrack and...
1: Pyramid um, Song.
0: Or I was saying like closing tracks. Ah, of closing albums. tracks, yeah. So Life in a Glass House, motion picture soundtrack, The Tourist. A really definitive ending that they do better almost than
1: anyone else I can think of. <laughs> yeah I mean, they know how to leave you with uh now what do I do? yeah, I don't know what that uh, there's gotta be one word that expresses that feeling, but it's just like it's one of those now what do I do? I love i know I love art that does that, like a movie or a TV show. it's not late enough to just go to bed. You have to th- really sit with what that means or what you have to do next, right, and this is definitely one of those songs, and especially if you've listened to the whole album. I mean, I think I I pulled into work the first time because I had a long commute at that point. I pulled into work and I was like, I have to go teach children now? I mean... (laughs) 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 All right, right, kids, we're talking about death. (laughs) We're
0: talking about the end. (laughs) Like, I do find something so satisfying about the electric drums on this track. If you... Think back; there haven't been any electric drums since the very first song.
1: True. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah.
0: And it's almost like in rainbows is this detour. Fifteen step starts, and it's so electronic, and then by the end, it's so there's such a live feel to it. Mm -hmm. And then you go through this album of essentially a very live sounding album with with acoustic instruments and and the like and then videotape seems to be this whirlwind of the electric things coming back it's a great frame
1: to the album it's like matching bookends right because 15 steps starts with electric drums and then like Mm -hmm. the instrumentation like that warm guitar line comes in and like takes you away from where you thought you were going and then with this one you have like this very warm piano and then the electric drums come in halfway through. Yeah, that's an interesting.
0: I was always very impressed by that. And it's sort of the title of In Rainbows kind of actually makes sense when you think about it in that context of-
1: Ah, wow, yeah. Of being this
0: brief moment of
1: being in somewhere else. This arc, right? Like you have this, it's like the electric sound is like the ground where the rainbow never actually touches. You know, and then you have like this ethereal color and then the, the ground again at the other end. But if they had built this song up too much, it would have, it wouldn't have felt that way.
0: It would have felt like too triumphant of an end instead of a more somber way to close the album.
1: Oh yeah, the rainbow never gets to the ground. Ugh. Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. like there's actually, you know, like there's not a pot of gold at the end.
0: Right, there's nothing there at the end. It's all an illusion.
1: No. Yeah. This Which is, gets this, really this is great, I'm <laughs> okay, <laughs> I feel awesome, <laughs>
0: okay. It's one of those these songs that I never just put on this song. I'm never like, oh my God, I have to hear <laughs> videotape no i it's a part of the album for me, and sort of in the same way that a jigsaw falling into places, like I never I think we talked about this, like I never just play that song, no. It, it exists as a part of this unit and it works so well in it
1: the only i think the only two songs i ever pull out of this album are 15 steps and weird fishes other than that i mean these are album songs like i would never just like ah oh, let me go listen to body snatchers
0: yeah Arp, i think works the best as a like transition track you know i guess we'll talk more about the album in whole and our impressions on it in the next episode but this has been such a...
1: Oh, I don't want it to be over.
0: <laughs> I don't want it to be over. Like, I, when we were doing Kid A and Amnesiac, it was like, oh, well, we can just stay here forever.
1: Like <laughs> Well, it's just, also like a double album. I mean, and we, it's kind of a double album. I have to like... Really it is kind of a double that. album.
0: I'm very interested about your opinions about the next batch or the B-sides. You know, this definitely feels like they recorded a bunch of stuff and they're like, oh, we can put together this perfect little thing. And then they did. But then that leaves a, a lot of other. <laughs> yeah.
1: Then we have this stuff. We'll then see. We have this stuff. Yeah.
0: Ed had, has a lot of interviews saying that he, the only way he got through this album is because he thought he was like, this is going to be our last album. And so we're going to put everything we have into it. And you can really sense the feeling of like, okay, let's just, let's do one more. Good one.
1: Yeah. Especially with videotape, like, to cap it off. The band, like, the band isn't really there. Because Johnny took them all away. He took, I think he took himself off. Yeah. Like, Like in a poem, you don't have to have a lot of words to have a lot more meaning. Like, the cutting out, like, you were just talking about, like, Johnny cuts himself out. And then the syncopation, though, like, lets you know that there's something that was there that's not there anymore.
0: No, deleting is part of the creation process. Right. Like you have to build it up and then tearing it down. It's almost like setting up roadblocks for yourself with the syncopation. To mm-hmm. put that there is this, like there's this whole other world to this song. They know is there, but that's crucially important to it. You know, if they had taken all the drums out, then I can see like, well, then there's no reason for that to be there. But by leaving just hints of it there... It, it shows you that they had conceived of this in it being something else and it's so important to the song that's why it is so complex and why it sounds so mysterious
1: right i mean it's like that uh, the early draft of the wasteland by t s elliot right where you realize that he had like pages and pages that pound just crossed out and it's yep. like april's the cruelest month <laughs> Yep. You know, and like even even not knowing that, like that line hits really hard. But I think it also only hits that hard because of everything that's been taken out beforehand. Man, we could just, this is getting out of hand. Yeah, we've,
0: yeah. (laughs) I feel like we're gonna, just tomorrow I'm gonna wake up and be like... Yeah. I forgot to, yeah. <laughs> to say this one important thing. Like, I don't want to let these songs go. Like all of these. No, 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 no. I mean, I've like, just
1: like, I, uh, I've just been like thinking and reading and thinking and playing and reading and playing again. And then just like, no, I'm gonna, I don't know how you don't sound like an idiot. Needless to say, In Rainbows is a pretty good album. Yeah. Yeah. We like and, it. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, so next week we're going to have our best, uh, our awards of the best of the in rainbows, but we're also going to talk about disc two, which features
1: quite a number of songs. I'm like, are we doing all of, are we doing all of these songs next time? Well,
0: okay. So there's technically eight songs, right? Two of them, MK one and MK two are sort of transition tracks. So that gives us six songs. Okay. And that's for a B side episode. That's not so bad because we kind of spend a little less time. Yeah. So, we're going to be talking about Down is the New Up, Go Slowly, Last Flowers, Up on the Ladder, Bangers and Mash, and Four Minute Warning. All the songs on the Anyone Can Play Guitar podcast are by Radiohead and performed by Nick Kendelsberger and Austin Diaz.